Hello everybody and welcome to the debut edition of the Sunset Flips and Super Kicks podcast. Uh, rebranded, I guess. Uh, you may have known Circles and Blunt Pencils. So this is just it's basically the same podcast, just a different name, fresh start. And yeah, more fun. I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. Um, it's actually exactly one month since I recorded the last episode of Circles and Bump Pencils. If you haven't already heard that, go check it out because it's pretty funny. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of, I don't know, I can't even remember. I might have to go back and listen to it myself just to get it that extra view because, you know, I'm all about the views and, and how many people listen to this fucking thing. So, yeah. Um, I don't really know what I'm going to talk about today. I uh, don't really care as well. I've got my uh, got my trusty container with a few ideas in there, um, stuff that's going on, and um, some other things as well. So off to a great start. No idea what I'm doing. Um, that's that's how that's how things are done. Uh, check out uh, Instagram as well if you don't already follow. It's uh, Sunset Flips and Super Kicks. I think just. Just search that, the, yeah, underscore, sunset flips, underscore, super kicks, underscore podcast, I guess. There's one way, well, I don't know. I just post random shit on there, probably like every day, I guess. I try to do that, just, I don't know, keep people entertained, I don't know, yeah. I don't know much, so um, that's the beauty of this, and now I get to display my not knowing anything to you lucky listeners. So let's get, um... Let's dive in, shall we? First of all, before some topics, there's some other things. Oh, so <clears throat> it was about, I don't know how long ago it would have been now. It was well over a year. Uh, Johnny Gargano was the NXT champion when I came up with this idea. That's how long ago that was. Um, to do like favorites of categories, you know, favorite wrestlers, all time, current, tag teams, factions, matches, pay-per-views. And what we tried it about four times, five times, I don't even know. And it just, it never worked out. It seemed like it was never meant to be. So it wasn't. So I'm just going to randomly, each episode, I guess, just pick one of those and give you people some information on my, uh, my wrestling favorites and who I like, what I like. So I'll go with this one today. And... Okay, there we go. Favorite wrestlers all time. So it was, it was originally like five, but I guess it doesn't really matter. It can be as many or as little as we wanted, as I wanted. So I will go in order. So all time wrestlers. So my favorite wrestler of all time since day one, since I first saw him back in '97. I believe it was uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I only got only got to watch him for wouldn't even been six years, probably five years, four and a half, five years or something like that. Um, but maybe I should just turn into like a mark and say I wish he came back and just constantly talk about him. But I won't. I won't. So Stone Cold, Stone Cold's my number one, my number one fave of all time. Number two, Shawn Michaels, the Heartbreak Kid. Um, especially, his, especially his um, 
late 90s starting DX just when he completely lost the plot watching all that I don't think I was really watching it back then but I've obviously since I have gone back and watched it it's just fantastic stuff I love it uh, three is Randy Orton um, one of the main he's probably the main reason that I still watch WWE today so if it wasn't for Orton it'd be, I'd be watching a lot less um, WWE I'd still be watching a shitload of wrestling I'd probably watch more than the average human being should watch but I don't really care uh, number four is Raven Raven um, ECW days he's the uh, he's the reason that I wanted to get into watching more ECW again not at the time later on later on in life I guess um, I think 2000 and 2004 2005 I went on a massive ECW binge and Raven was one of the main reasons for that I remember him um, in WWF you know 2001 around then and then when he went to NWA TNA or whatever it was so yeah uh, number five is Christian got to put I got to put my man Christian on that list I love him from what he did in the ring even outside the ring his podcast with Edge Edge and Christian show all the stuff that he does I, yeah I can't I can't get enough of my man Christian so that's my top five um, I'll put in a few others because it's my podcast. So, yeah, see, let's see who else I like. Going back all time. Probably six. Six for me would be Eddie Guerrero. Um, seven. Seven, I'd put Chris Jericho there. I just actually watched his um, YouTube series, but I'm Chris Jericho. Fuck, that's funny. I, uh, that's a highly, highly recommended watch. YouTube, but I'm Chris Jericho. Number eight, probably CM Punk. Um, and no, I don't want him to come back. I still don't get the fuss about it, but you know, if he comes back, great. And if he doesn't, I'm okay with that. So people need to get over that. <laughs> um, yeah, I've probably got a, like a set eight. If I was to do top 10, I'd probably put in there Cesaro and Velveteen Dream to round out my to round out my top 10, if I had to. So if someone's twisted my arm, there we go, there's um, there's your 10. There's your 10, Cesaro and Velveteen Dream rounding out the top 10. All right, now let's get into some topics. I'll pick the first one up here. Dominion. Beautiful. What a way, what a way to start. New Japan, New Japan is back, um, finally, I did watch Dominion, um, I never miss a New Japan pay-per-view, I didn't really sit down and watch the New Japan Cup, just because it's on that random, it was on random days, like Monday or Tuesday, and then it'll come back like a Friday, Saturday, and it was just all over the place, so I thought, nah, I'll wait till the final, the final was on the day before Dominion. Uh, I'm actually fucked up. I thought it was on a bit later. Um, so I watched the... I got there in time to watch the last two matches. And I was really only mainly focused on the last three matches. Um, and then I went back and watched the other... Basically just the 
never open weight championship match was the only other one I had interest in. All the other ones were just, uh, there was four tag team matches. And it's basically just all the Japanese wrestlers because of the, I guess, the travel ban because of um, bloody COVID, the thing that's changed the world. So I hope everyone's, uh, what is it, practicing social distancing and quarantining and isolating. Um, COVID was made for me. I I don't even care. Like when this thing hit, oh, you can't do anything. You can't see anyone. You basically just got to stay inside, stay at home. Beautiful. Beautiful. There's nothing I love more than not seeing people and staying home. So anyway, um, so yeah, there was uh, yeah, a few, few tag team matches. Sort of not, not much interest on my end. Um, it was basically just like a triple main event for me. So Shingo Takagi uh, defeated Sho to retain the Never Open Weight Championship match, which that was my favorite match um, of the night. Um, I did watch the match before that as well, um, the the tag team match between Bullet Club and Chaos. Uh, Bullet Club was represented by Yujiro, Takahashi, and Ishimori, and they defeated Chaos of uh, Okada and Hiroki Goto. So Okada lost the uh, the final, the New Japan Cup, uh, to Evil. Um, I'll talk about that when I get to the main event. That was another reason why I wasn't really that interested in the New Japan Cup because all the names that could have been there that weren't obviously like I said just before about the travel ban like well I would have loved to have seen Will Ospreay in there Jay White Juice Robinson maybe even John Moxley and Lance Archer if they're still somehow working with New Japan Moxley kind of has to because he's the US champion uh, but they have a six month um, defense rule so it's been six months since he won it at Wrestle Kingdom, but maybe he may still keep the title um, because obviously he can't get to Japan. It was actually funny because he actually had to vacate the title uh, later on, um, late last year because he actually couldn't get into Japan because of a typhoon. So it's probably twice now he's not been able to make it to a pay-per-view to defend his title. Um, I'm hoping one day... I'd say this year, but maybe with everything going on, um, hopefully next year, there could be a relationship between New Japan and AEW. Because um, then you've sort of got, with uh, AEW, you've got the AEW Championship, the TNT Championship. Uh, but they could also probably defend the IWGP United States Championship, especially being in the US. So, I don't know, maybe uh, just, just fantasy booking here. Just, you know, living the dream. I guess, you know, trying to, trying to make shit work. I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'll see if I can use my powers. Um, what do we got here? Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. Defeating Golden Ace of Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi to win the IWGP Tag Team Championships. Not happy about this because I don't like Zack Sabre Jr. Just, just plain and simple. So I thought he was going to team up with um, Suzuki. But that might have been uh, New Japan Cup. <clears throat> I was thinking of. So yeah, um, yeah, Golden Ace, Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi. Losing the tag team titles. Hopefully Kota Ibushi can maybe go on for the, for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship now. 
Um, he was my pick to win at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, that obviously went to Tetsuya Naito, the double champ, which I wasn't disappointed about. I just thought it was Kota Bushi's time. Um, I wonder what will happen now. Maybe Kota Bushi, he could win the G1 again. Uh, if the G1 is going forward, just depends as well with if the internationals will be able to participate in it. And like, who knows? Who knows what's going on? Technically, it is work for them, so I don't know if they get that sort of um, leeway or whatnot. But if there is internationals, I've said it in circles and blunt pencils when I previewed the G1 last year that Will Ospreay is my pick for this year, and. Until he's not in it, if that's confirmed, he's still my pick. Now, the main event between Tetsuya Naito and Evil, it was for both the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championships. Obviously, Naito won that at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, so, basically, when they announced Dominion, he was going to defend both titles against the winner of the New Japan Cup, which was Evil, who defeated Okada in the final um, and then he called out Naito, I guess, to you know, I guess you know, get the get ready for the next night. Uh, both members, both were members of Lij. Um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce what it is, but that's the faction. Uh, and then Evil turned on Naito and threw up the two sweet sign and joined Bullet Club. So Evil is now the the newest member of Bullet Club, and then Bullet Club came out to. Yeah, obviously welcoming to the faction and it was oh, I'm gonna say it was very fucking weird to see Bullet Club rolling four deep um, Ishimori uh, Yujiro Takahashi Gato and I think it was Jado as well coming out so and then Evil that makes five but think of the names that weren't there like Jay White Kenta G.O.D. Tamatonga Tongaloa Bad Luck Fale so I guess maybe Evil, a big name. Maybe they need a big name for to keep Bullet Club strong. So interesting to see what happens. And Evil won. Something I didn't see coming. I put on Instagram, I didn't see the turn coming. I didn't put anything about Dominion on there. But it's just another thing. I just, I remember I was in shock. I was in complete shock. Uh, I, can't, I don't know who it was who came out, but he came out dressed as Bushi, a, fellow member of LIJ and like choked Naito and stuff and I'm sitting there going that is not Bushi at first I thought it might have been Jado or Gato um, but then he unmasked and I didn't recognize him and this is another thing when it comes to New Japan I watched the pay-per-view in Japanese because there's no English speaking commentators over there at the moment and that did not bother me one bit apart from I didn't know who this wannabe Bushi was. That was the only thing I didn't pick up. But when it came to the commentary, it, it didn't bother me. I just wanted to watch the wrestling. Uh, that's how much of a fan I am of, of New Japan. So it's not the first time I've watched New Japan with Japanese commentary. I have watched a few old matches. AJ Styles and Nakamura is one that comes to mind from Wrestle Kingdom that had Japanese commentary. And it didn't bother me. So, and they had, I think, a, a full house there, a full crowd. Or as close to it. Um, or wearing or wearing the face masks um, which is a bit weird because you couldn't hear I don't know it's always 
always at one of the New Japan events, there's always just, I'm, not, I'm pretty sure it's a chick in the, somewhere close to the front just screaming out, Naito! Naito! Well, I couldn't hear that, maybe just because the face mask. Or oh, they weren't there for social distancing reasons. So there you go, that was Dominion. It was a bit different. I just remember sitting there watching, okay, this is going to take a bit of time to get used to. Maybe, I don't know, just the crowd. So, I don't know if it was a full house, but it looked, it did look like there was a lot of people there. So, they didn't do the wrestlers, the boys, out there behind the hockey glass. So, um, yeah, hopefully the G1 will be coming up soon. It's scheduled for, it's usually around August, so it's about another month. So, we'll see what happens. All right, a random topic here. So... <clears throat> I was watching a live stream on Instagram. Some follow, I follow plenty of wrestling folk on Instagram, on both my personal and podcast page. Uh, I can't remember what page it was. Weren't embarrassed, said individual. By talking about NXT and um, the big, you know, Keith Lee versus Adam Cole match. And then I just thought I'd put in there, I'm a Velveteen Dream fan, so I go, oh, Dream should have beat Cole. And his response to that was, no, Velveteen Dream shouldn't have beat Adam Cole. And there's probably people going, I agree, that's that's fine, like, doesn't bother me. Um, but he, he then said, Velveteen Dream is one of those guys that doesn't need a title. So, okay, first of all, that's stupid. Like that is just So what's the point of what's the point of him being there? What what is his what is his purpose in being a wrestler if he's not gonna be a champion? If he doesn't need to be a champion, why is he why is he there? Well, you think he just wants to turn up and go, Oh yeah, I'll just I'll just wrestle for twenty minutes, make some guy look good, but you don't need to make me the champion. You're a fucking idiot. That's that's all I gotta say. You're a fucking idiot. It doesn't matter it doesn't matter just because it's Velveteen Dream, it could be anyone. Anyone. What if someone said, oh, Matt Riddle, oh, he's a guy that doesn't need a, a championship. You're an idiot. Or who else? I'm trying to think who doesn't have a, who doesn't have a title right now. Um, Kevin Owens or Seth Rollins, although they've been world champions. Maybe bad example. Lashley. How about Lashley? You know, oh, Lashley should have beat Drew McIntyre at the pay-per-view that they wrestled, which was, fuck, Backlash, Did they wrestle? yeah, I think they wrestled at Backlash, oh, Bobby Lashley doesn't need the championship, he doesn't need to be world champion, so why is he there, you fucking nimwit, alright, moving on, moving on from nimwits to legends, Randy Orton, so I've got two thins, I've got two thins for Randy Orton here. Um, I've been, as I said, third favorite wrestler of all time, which would, spoiler alert, when I do my current favorites, uh, he's my favorite current wrestler, duh. Um, so I've been a fan of his since 2002, since his debut match on SmackDown against Bob Holly, Hardcore Holly, whatever the fuck he was. I've been watching, he's the reason that I still watch WWE, like I said, um, what are we? So he's debuted in 2002 in WWE. 
It's now 2020, that's 18 years in WWE. This is, this has to be without a doubt the best version of Randy Orton we have ever seen. We have ever seen. I said it after the Rumble when he turned on Edge. Broke my heart about, you know, bringing back Rated RKO one last time and then took out Edge. But since then, and I said, move over Baron Corbin because I still think Baron Corbin is probably the best heel after Randy Orton. But I said, move over Baron Corbin. Randy Orton is now the top heel in WWE. And he has just carried that through to, what are we at now? July. Taking out, taking out Edge. Um, taking out his wife before Mania, having that great match at Mania, coming back and then weaseling his way into a rematch, which everyone was like, oh God, why are they going again? Shut the fuck up. It was a great match. Um, obviously, unfortunate that Edge tore his tricep during the match, but that just leads to the story of Edge and Orton. Orton will defeat Drew McIntyre at SummerSlam to become the WWE Champion. He will hold on to that championship till next year's WrestleMania where Edge will come back and beat him for the title, giving Edge another world title run. But just the stuff that Orton is doing now, I mean, I was I was a bit upset when uh, the Orton versus Christian was going to happen, even though it was unsanctioned and ended with a punt. It's so good that he has brought the punt back. And what's even better is that he is with Ric Flair again on, uh, on Raw this last week where they had the six-man Orton was teaming up with Andrande and Angel Garza. That must have been pretty awkward for Andrande, just standing there with his father-in-law. I just thought I'd throw that in, poor bastard. Not that Ric Flair's his father-in-law, but who's Ric Flair's daughter? But that's just that's just me. Um, but even during the match, Orton wouldn't tag in and then just fucking choked Angel Garza. And he's just like, just do your job, get in the fucking ring pretty much and whatever. It's just great. Uh, he's probably going to take on the big show at Extreme Rules. Then move on to Drew McIntyre. Um, fingers crossed. And another thing with Orton, I said I did have two. Now that he's with Ric Flair, I'd love to see him do Evolution again. I mean, he did Legacy with Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase, which was good. But what if he could do Evolution or Evolution 2.0? So obviously he's got Ric Flair... Um, I've got a few names, maybe, that I'd like to see join Randy Orton's evolution. Uh, Dominic Dijakovic. He was called up from NXT. Uh, I don't know when. I don't think he's been on Raw. But I think that would be a good one. For, um, you know, he could come in, maybe be, maybe be like the Batista, be the muscle. Um... Maybe Angel Garza as well, I could say, or even Andrande too, especially with that connection with Ric Flair Andrande has in real life. So maybe those two, not too sure. Another one I'd like to see is Austin Theory. Austin Theory could be like the Randy Orton of the original evolution, just the young guy, you know, and then just being taught by the best. You know, you've got Ric Flair there, you've got Randy Orton there. Um, Theory obviously has been saved by the Messiah and he's with the Messiah right now though he hasn't been on TV in the last couple of weeks I dare say it's because of that speaking out movement that happened a couple of weeks ago with the harassment and stuff to do with uh, wrestling a lot of a lot of wrestlers have been fired suspended left off TV because of it and then others have been accused 
and are in line for big pushes and getting title matches, but I won't say anything on that. I will just leave that one quiet and move on. So yeah, Orton, Orton Evolution 2.0. What, um, what do you think about that? Find a way to hit me up and let me know what you think and maybe some other young young guys in WWE that could join Randy Orton's evolution. All right, Fighter Fest. So this was the two-day event. Um, instead of Dynamite, they did Fighter Fest Night 1, Fighter Fest Night 2. Um, and then coincidentally, um, NXT just decided to run Great American Bash um, the same night. Uh, you know, was that a coincidence? I don't think so, especially using the Great American Bash, which Dusty Rhodes invented. Dusty Rhodes, father of Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes basically is part of AEW, like running it, boss, whatever, whatever he is there. You know, and that's basically one of the trademark WCW pay-per-views that Cody wanted was Great American Bash, and they just decide to do Great American Bash Fighter Fest. Same not yeah, that's fucking well well played, well played. Uh, Cody did come out with his um American Nightmare singlet and it was in the had the same font as the original Great American Bash logo. So that was that was good to see. I don't think Cody really cares. Um, it just goes to show how bitter WWE can be when it comes to that shit. So let's go through, uh, night one. Just skim through, I think, prediction-wise, um, we'll put my predictions up on Instagram. Had a bit of a shocker, I think, I'm not too sure. So the first match, uh, Jungle Express, uh, Jurassic Jungle Jurassic Express Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus defeated MJF and Wardlow Wardlow got pinned technically MJF still not been pinned in AEW um, I think he's had he's got three losses next to his name but two of them are in tag matches where he wasn't pinned and the other one was a fatal four way where he was not pinned so he came out cut a promo that was a pretty good promo he needs he needs more I might talk about that um, in a bit. I should I should write that down. Um, but he basically said that AEW is at war. When a lot of people don't want to reference the fact or acknowledge the fact that AEW and NXT are at war. I guess ratings war, what have you. Um, Shida, uh, Hikaru Shida defeated Penelope Ford. My, my poor Penelope Ford, uh, to retain the AEW Women's Championship. Uh, one of the one of the best matches of the night, I think, Cody defeating Jake Hager to retain the AEW TNT Championship on his uh, Open Challenge Open Challenge Tour, I guess, constantly defending that title. They did a they did like a weigh-in press conference the week before which was actually pretty good. Um, a lot of people sort of poking fun at it and shit, but they're doing they're doing different things. There's nothing wrong with being different. I'd just love to see Cody turn heel. I, don't, I could say that as many times 
as I damn well please. I don't know whether it will happen, but I'd love to see it happen. Um, probably the, I'd say the best match of the night, Private Party. Defeating the Inner Circle, Santana and Ortiz. Uh, that was the only match I got wrong on night one. And this ended up being a number one contenders match. Uh, for the AEW Tag Team Championships for night two. Because originally John Moxley was supposed to defend the AEW Championship against Brian Cage. But Renee Young, Moxley's wife, tested positive for coronavirus. So he had to stay home. So they sort of made a bit of a story about that. And then you could also do the conspiracy theory that Vince made uh, Renee Young get coronavirus. Made sure that she got it so Moxley couldn't compete at Fighter Fest. I don't know. There are some people that think like that. Uh, main event, uh, Kenny Omega and Adam Page, Hangman, defeated Best Friends to retain the AEW Tag Team Championships. This is not a good match, especially the entrance by Best Friends getting dropped off by Trent Beretta's mother in a minivan. That was pretty funny. That was pretty funny. I did, I did enjoy that. In regards to the war, um, night one of Fighter Fest, got the thumbs up for me. Great American Bash, I guess. Thumbs down, not saying it was shit, but I say Fighter Fest won um, that night, even though they didn't get the ratings or whatever, but I think it was a better show. Night two, Omega and Hangman defeated Private Party to retain the AEW Tag Team Championships. Private Party with uh, Matt Hardy, sort of like the uh, Michael P.S. Hayes to the Hardy Boys from 20 years ago. Matt Hardy's taken on that role. They're having a hearty party. Lance Archer defeated Joey Janela, giving him, oh, I forget what it's called, sort of like uh, this Deathhawk powerbomb move off the apron through a table on the outside. Joey Janela was basically dead after that. That was a good match. Uh, the eight man, Butcher and the Blade and the Lucha Brothers defeating FTR in the Young Bucks. Much to my surprise. I didn't think that um, the Bucks and FTR would lose. They seem to be working like a team. Obviously, this these two teams have history going back to was it 2016 on Being the Elite, where Fuck the Revival was born, and it just carried on. And you know now they're in the same wrestling company, but they're not putting them up against each other straight away, which is a bit weird. But I think. I think down the track moving forward, FTR will defeat Omega and Hangman Page for the Tag Team Championships, and then that should start an FTR-Young Bucks rivalry. Uh, maybe that's how Young Bucks will give themselves the title, titles, um, beating FTR, but it shouldn't be on the first go, because in my opinion, my opinion, everything on here is based on my opinion, uh, they're not the better tag team than FTR. FTR is probably the best tag team in the world right now, and has been for, what, the last three or four years since they were in NXT. Um, couldn't say much of it on Raw and SmackDown because they were just misused, which was a shame. But, but yeah, they worked well as an eight-man team until the very end, but there was no there was no brawl, there was no turn, there was nothing. They just shook hands and that was it. So it was a bit disappointing. I was expecting to see some fists flying and some flips going. I don't know, you know. Young Bucks do flips and FTR is fists, no flips. So, Nyla Rose defeated uh, two victims in a handicap match. 
Colt Cabana and the Dark Order, which involved Mr. Brody Lee, defeated SCU. It's another match that I got wrong. I got the last three matches of this wrong. I didn't predict Nyla Rose because I didn't know. It was just, she was in a match. They didn't say who. How good would it have been if Tessa Blanchard just came out? Oh, yeah, they defeated SCU. Colt Cabana picking up the pin, obviously with the help from Brody Lee, I think. You know, maybe Colt Cabana's in denial and should just join the Dark Order. Just just do it, mate. You know you want to. Everyone knows you're going to anyway, so you're working well with them. Uh, in the main event, Chris Jericho defeated Orange Cassidy. I went the other way on this one. I, I did predict Cassidy. I thought Jericho would have put him over. But why not? Who cares? Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, baby! But I'm Chris Jericho. So he picked up the win there. Um, to finish off Fighter Fest Night 2. So that was a good match as well. Orange Cassidy just doesn't get the credit he deserves. Everyone thinks he's a joke. So if you think Orange Cassidy is a joke, you're the joke. Alright, there we go. MJF, speaking of MJF, I'm a bit disappointed that his and Cody's rivalry just ended after Revolution, like that was it. I mean, there was a story built in there, like MJF, Cody was his mentor, MJF cost him the title, which means Cody can never fight for the AEW championship ever. Um, And then they just had one match and that was it. You know, they... MJF got to whip him 10 times. He had to wrestle Wardlow in a cage match. He couldn't touch MJF until Revolution and they just have one match and that's it. This is this is a rivalry that should have gone on until Full Gear, if they're doing Full Gear again in, uh, was it Full Gear? In November, like the last pay-per-view of the year. That's when I think, I mean, I hope MJF doesn't lose momentum. I'd like to see him pick up more momentum, but I think MJF, is the next AEW World Champion. I said that last year, I think, and I'm saying it again. That's my that's my end of the year prediction. MJF will be AEW World Champion. Um, but yeah, just I don't know what's what there is for him to do right now. So you can't really Cody's TNT Champion. It's not like MJF can wrestle him every night for it, especially when Cody's doing his open challenges and stuff. But it's just yeah, that's one of those things where. It's the same with Orton and Edge. You know, you've got two great rivalries for both shows that could have just gone all like almost all year. Like you could have done something with it, but it just ended like that. So, am I doing for time? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Thanks, mate. Alrighty, looks easy. It's not easy. Great American Bash. The um, the coincidental bit of a coincidence is it? I don't know. So let's just um, let's get into the matches. Night one, uh, the four-way elimination match to determine the number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship, which will be this week or next week on NXT, I'm not too sure. Uh, Tegan Knox ended up winning that one. Uh, elimination style, um, Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and Mia Yim were also involved in that match. And Tegan Knox came out, so congratulations. I don't think much of you at all, but... I don't hate you, so good stuff. I went Mia Yim in this one. Off to a good start. And this was um, this was the best match of the night, I think, as well. I actually, it's one of the rare, rare instances where I sat down and watched the women's match. So 
So it was a good match. It was a good match. It was followed up by another good match on night two, involving the women also, believe it or not. God, what is happening to me? Uh, Timothy Thatcher defeated Orny Lorcan. I think he choked him out there. Yeah, wasn't really into this much. Wasn't into this next match as well. Ripley defeating um, Alia and Robert Stone in a handicap match. I th- honestly thought it was a one-on-one. I picked Ripley in that one. I picked Thatcher in the last one as well. And I picked Lumez to defeat Roderick Strong in a strap match. Bit of an ordinary match. So I went three there, but then I sure I had to ruin it by defeating Sasha Banks, who I went for, who was my pick, the blueprint, especially when she's out there with the goat, Bailey. But what do you do? I think Oscar, Oscar came out and distracted um, Sasha. Cost her the match because they're going at the Extreme Rules, which I'll most likely preview. Actually, I will preview because I won't get on here again before it happens. So yeah, that was night one. Um, I believe it won the ratings, quote-unquote, war. But for me, it wasn't the better show. But night two did, was the better show. Or, you know, whatever they were doing. Um, Kicking off with the street fight, Candice LeRae and Mia Yim, which was uh, another good match. Believe Believe it or not, I don't like either of these two. And I sat down and watched them beat the fuck out of each other for 16 minutes and it ended with a swinging neckbreaker off the top rope onto about 20 chairs and Larray just got her arm just over Yim and that was it. One, two, three. Boom. Larray was awesome. I pick in that match. Uh, Bronson Reed defeated Tony Nice. Bit of a random match there. It's a bit thrown together. Um... Johnny Gargano defeating Isaiah Swerve Scott. Not a Gargano fan. If you listen to Circles and Blunt Pencils, you do know that. You will know that. Bring back the hashtag, fuck Johnny Gargano. Don't try to copy it. Um, Don't try to claim it as your own. That is mine. That is my original, and I've got the singlet to prove it. Um, But yeah, this is a good match. I went Swerve in this one, I think. I can't remember if that was my original. Yeah, but anyway. So, yeah, moving on. Um, the six-man tag. Santos Escobar and his hooligans of Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza defeated Drake Maverick and Brizango. That was, um, I think that result speaks for itself. That was always going to happen there. Uh, Mercedes Martinez came back to NXT, I think. There was big hype about that. She defeated a victim, basically like Nyla Rose did on AEW. Sort of seen similarities here. I don't know. The winner-take-all main event. Keith Lee defeating Adam Cole, Bebe, to become the new NXT champion and retain the North American Championship. Great match. Um, One of the idiots that works at NXT was in the crowd and took a photo and leaked it, so then I think they tried to work everybody by saying, oh, we recorded two endings. So trying to save face, I guess. But no, nah, Cole, he had a good run. I'd take nothing away from him. Was it 400 and something odd days that it's recognized as? So good on him. Um, but it just goes to what I said on the uh, last episode of Circles and Blunt Pencils. Gotta stop talking about that shit on here. Anyway. 
Um, what I said, I basically said I'd like to see Adam Cole defend the title without the help of the Undisputed Era and see what happens. And it just so happens Undisputed Era doesn't come out in this match and he loses. So, But well-deserved, Keith Lee. Um, say what you want about him. Keep that shit to yourself because no one gives a fuck. He, he deserves it. He's one of the best in NXT at the moment. So just get used to it. So yeah, interesting to see now if he will vacate the North American Championship or if he keeps both and we'll have to do what Seth Rollins did at Night of Champions whenever he was the US and WWE Champion at the same time. He'll just have to do double duty, I guess. No Finn Balor, no Tommaso Ciampa, no Damian Priest, no Kerry Killer Cross. Yeah, um, on Great American Bash. So interesting to see what happens there. Um, and AEW is running uh, Fight for the Fallen this week instead of Dynamite. I was, um, I'm still waiting to see if NXT is just going to all of a sudden decide to do Starcade the same night. Just because they got to copy him at every fucking thing they do. Anyway. Um, I'll quickly get into talk about Fight for the Fallen. Actually, um, four matches here announced. Bit of a random one here. The Elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks taking on Jurassic Express. Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus and Marco Stunt. It's a bit random, but I don't know. I'll just leave that alone. Um, I'm not too sure when this podcast will actually come out. Because I don't know how long it takes to upload. So I might, I'll do my predictions now and I'll post them still on Instagram. So I'm going to pick the Elite in that one. Um, FTR taking on the Lucha Brothers. Now this is this is going to be one of the many, many, many dream tag team matches that FTR can have in AEW. It's going to be a tough one to pick. Honestly, I can't see either team losing. Um, but... My gut says FTR in this one because I don't think they can... I don't think they could afford to lose in a straight-up tag team match. I mean, they got the L to their name in an eight-man tag. But I'm pretty sure one of the Bucks took the pin there. So, But yeah, FTR for me in this one. Cody defending the TNT Championship against Sonny Kiss. Cody, um, no doubt there. And John Moxley defending the AEW Championship against uh, Brian Cage, who um, I forgot to mention on night two of Fighter Fest, was awarded the FTW World Championship that Taz created for himself in ECW 20-odd years ago. So that just makes Brian Cage the baddest motherfucker, I guess, in the wrestling world. Um, and basically just means that they're both going to leave champion champions on fight for the fallen because John Moxley is going to win he's going to have that title for a long time until MJF takes it from him so yeah there's my uh, there you go there's my predictions um, the ratings the ratings between AEW and NXT I don't have the exact figures right here in front of me um, it was just one thing that I did point out that overall I know now that there was a massive difference in the last half an hour for both main events, but I think the overall number they came up with that AEW was only down 45,000 to NXT, and that was without a world title match. And that was with Adam Cole and Keith Lee with both titles. So I think that's a win for AEW, in my opinion, 
I guess when you want to look at ratings and whatnot, it would have been interesting to see Moxley, Cage going up against Cole Lee if there would have been a difference at all. Because I know Cole and Keith Lee is actually a big match. Probably a bigger match with more of a built-in story than Moxley and Brian Cage. Um, but that's just me, again. Everything's just me. Uh, here, uh, Ricochet. Apparently he's still around. That's all I've got to say on that. Yeah, I mean, I saw him on Raw with Cedric Alexander, and apparently he's been wrestling on main event. So good for him. I had no idea he's still around. Um, yeah, maybe he needs to go back to NXT or find somewhere else to go. So I think it was a Paul Heyman project. So Paul Heyman's gone now, and guys like Ricochet, Shayna Baszler, you know, like just nothing now. Nothing. You're screwed. You're screwed. Slammiversary is coming up this weekend. But, um, yeah. There's going to be a new Impact World Champion. Tessa Blanchard obviously being fired for not uh, sending in pre-tapes. Her contract was up, but she needed to extend. And they wanted her to come in just to drop the title. Because she was the world champion. First female wrestler to ever do that. The GOAT. Well, actually, no, sorry, Bailey's the GOAT. Um, but yeah, interesting. Uh, a lot of people, I don't know, a lot of people saying EC3 is going to go there. Um, if you go back and listen to that shit that I used to do with the uh, when everyone got fired, I actually said EC3 should go back to Impact because that would be the only place he will be relevant. He's more relevant now on Instagram than he ever was, I think, in the last five years of his wrestling career. If he, in fact, had one, I don't think he did. Um, I don't think he's that great, really. But that's just me. And to finish off the show, this week, I will preview Extreme Rules Horror Show. No, I'm sorry. The Horror Show at Extreme Rules. It's interesting. That's an interesting title isn't it? So there's six matches announced as I'm recording this. There is more matches to come, such as, I dare say, Randy Orton versus The Big Show. Probably an Extreme Rules match. Uh, Jay, I wonder who I'm going to go. Randy Orton, obviously. Bringing back the legend killer. Fuck yeah. Uh, something on SmackDown about a bar fight, I think. I'm not too sure. i can't remember the last time I actually watched SmackDown. Um, but yeah, bar fight between Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. Um, Paul Sheamus, what a shit storyline. Uh, it's Paul, but yeah, Sheamus for me. He probably won't win, but maybe they should have a drinking contest because what what a way to just use Jeff Hardy's problems against him. That's got that's to be rough, poor Jeff Hardy. That's fucking, that's shit. But no, I'll go Sheamus there if that match does happen. Um, Cesaro Nakamura against the New Day hopefully um, I saw that from Smackdown um, DQ finish Cesaro Nakamura holding up the tag team championships I did post that on Instagram a sign of things to come fingers crossed hopefully it's hard it's obviously I'm going Cesaro and Nakamura um, Nakamura is 
I'd like to see him go back to New Japan. I think he's been wasted in WWE. He should have beat AJ Styles, I think, for the WWE Championship. He didn't. Styles should have dropped it to Samoa Joe. Didn't. Um, just these guys just wasted. Um, which is a shame. But yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Nakamura go back. Um, join Bullet Club. Why not? Yeah, or he could go back to LIJ or Chaos. Or just start a new one. I don't know. Um, and I think that's it. I don't know. There might be, I think, Baron Corbin and Matt Riddle. Something that I saw there. So, yeah. Go go Corbs. Go Baron Corbin. All right, the matches that are announced. I'll go through them and then probably wrap this motherfucker up. Uh, so we've got Apollo Crews defending the United States Championship against MVP. Um, I think that's the actual new United States Championship that was brought out on Raw, unless that's just for MVP for when he claims he's going to win it, which I don't think he will. I think Apollo Crews will will win that there. Um, Interesting one. Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins in an eye for an eye match. Um, Do you actually have to pull out your opponent's eye to win? Seth Rollins is going to win this because... It's, to my knowledge, my understanding that Rey Mysterio is off contract with WWE and hasn't signed a new one. So Seth Rollins is going to rip out Mysterio's eye and they're going to kill off Rey Mysterio from WWE TV. Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt in a Wyatt swamp fight. Whatever the fuck that is. I mean, I thought the House of Horror match was bad. I think this is going to be worse. And, oh, what's the point of Braun Strowman being the Universal Champion if he's not even going to defend the fucking title? Wyatt, for me, in this one, this will tee up Strowman versus probably The Fiend. Boring. Um, Bailey defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Nikki Cross. I'm going the GOAT in that one. Bailey is going to retain. Bailey dose straps. Then Raw Women's Championship, Oscar defending against Sasha Banks. I'd love to say the blueprint, but I dare say Oscar will win this. And maybe uh, Bailey might accidentally cost Sasha Banks the championship, which could lead to Banks versus Bailey at SummerSlam. And Drew McIntyre defending the WWE Championship against Dolph Ziggler in a match that Dolph Ziggler gets to choose. I think he will choose a steel cage. That way he doesn't actually have to physically defeat McIntyre. Though it won't really matter because McIntyre's going to walk out WWE Champion. So that's how it's done. Thanks for listening. Um, I don't know when the next episode will be. I don't know how long these episodes take to upload and get out there for you to listen to. Um, So I'll find out with this episode and then go from there. These episodes are just going to be sporadic. So it could be same time every week. could be two times a week. could be ten times a week. Who knows? But until then, goodbye.